Hello, you legendary people. Welcome to or welcome back to Lauren's Legends. The Amityville Horror House has become notorious for decades as being one of the most haunted houses ever. How much truth to that is there? Today, I am going to break down the history, mystery, and the truth. Sit back and maybe invite a friend over because amongst all the rumors in this one, there is nothing scarier than the truth. How did 112 Ocean Avenue, Amityville, Long Island become one of the most famous haunted houses in America? To answer that, we need to start at the beginning. The Dutch colonial style home was built in 1927, a big home at the time having five bedrooms and three bathrooms. Rumors are that every family that has lived there has had some kind of calamity with one family having a child drown. These rumors have really never been proven, but it leads to making what follows being even a little bit more creepy. In 1965, the growing DeFeo family purchased the house. Ronald Defoe Sr. and his wife Louise moved their four children in and she had one on the way. Ronald Sr. was a car salesman and out of the house most of the days, but all reports I could find stated that it was a great place for the children to grow up. Ronald DeFeo Jr., who went by Butch, and that is what I will refer to him as throughout this video so you don't get it confused with Sr., was the oldest of the children. And when he was 23, he seemed to be going downhill a bit. People had said that he had started dabbling with substances and that he just seemed to be getting darker and never seemed happy anymore. And they wish they had paid more attention to the change in him. On the evening of November 13th, 1974, several people were enjoying themselves at a local bar when Butch burst through the doors crying for help. He yelled out that his entire family had been shot. Several of the bar's patrons rushed out with him and back to 112 Ocean Avenue to find Ronald Sr. and Louise passed away from obvious shot wounds. When the police arrived and entered the home, they found the other four children, Dawn 18, Allison 13, Mark 12, and John 9, all gone from the same injuries as the parents. The scene was very strange. Every victim found in their beds face down and they were all in separate rooms. That would mean that every single one of them had been shot with a loud rifle while they were all sleeping. How in the world could someone have gone and harmed six people without waking one of them up? The police were baffled by the scene. The most obvious suspect immediately became the only surviving family member that did not seem to be that distraught about losing his entire family. 
Once he began to be questioned, Butch said he knew who had done this and that it had to have been a mob hitman. The police understandably didn't buy that story at all and continued to interview him. They were really not able to get anywhere and Butch's story continuously changed. But after only one night, Butch had confessed to the slaying stating, once I got started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. He told them that he was hearing voices urging him to do it. The authorities arrested him and put him in prison, and he had creepy behavior while he was awaiting trial. When Butch did go to trial, his story changed once again. His lawyers claimed insanity, stating now that Butch had been hearing demonic voices urging him to kill. The jury didn't find Butch's defense believable, especially with his constant changing his story, and he was found to be guilty on all six charges of second-degree murder and sentenced to six sentences of 25 years to life in prison, and he remained until his death in 2021. There are so many questions that remain even after the trial. Had he shot them elsewhere and staged the scene to make it look like they were all asleep in their beds? If so, why and how? No evidence was ever found to support this. Plus, they tested the bodies and no one had any drugs in their system that would have made them sleep so hard or any drugs at all. The police also theorized that this crime had taken an entire 15 minutes span of time to complete. How had they all stayed asleep during this entire time? Also, not one, no one, not one neighbor heard any odd sounds that night and this happened in suburbia. These neighbors could hear people arguing in their homes but they didn't hear a rifle going off several times. The gun was also tested and there was no evidence whatsoever for a silencer. The why behind his crimes was never known. He was asked many times and the reasons just like his story always continued to change. He at one point even said that his sister had helped him and there were several theories that this is the case, but that could also not be proven. Did he have unresolved problems with his family? Was he trying to get some insurance money? Did his mind break? Did his history of drug use play a role or was it something supernatural and unexplainable? At the end of it all, we are still left with all of these questions. How could one person annihilate his entire family and how could he do it all alone without any of them hearing it, getting out of bed and fighting back? The truth will likely never be known and Butch took his secrets to the grave. After that horrific night of November 13th, 1974, the house sat vacant. The bank literally just wanted to give this house away. And even though it was a beautiful home, they listed it at only $80,000, which was a bargain. Only after a year in the December of 1975, the Lutz family bought the house. They were made aware of the murders that had happened in the home and they still believed that it was worth it to buy this beautiful home at this bargain price because 
they also had their own growing family, consisting of George the father, Kathy the mother, and their three children, Daniel 9, Christopher 7, and Melissa 5. I would like to take a second and say that not only did they buy the home, but they also bought it with some of the DeFeo's furniture still inside. Whether or not you believe in ghosts, I personally cannot begin to imagine buying a home that something like this had taken place in. But keeping the furniture, what? Sitting on the couch, I would be thinking, is this where Bush decided to do this? That is a big no for me. Anyways, the couple reportedly asked a priest to come and bless the house before they moved in. The priest claimed that while he was going through the house and blessing it, he heard mysterious deep voices telling him to get out. It was then that he said that he was slapped by an unseen force and later blisters formed on his hands. The Lutz family have said that as soon as they moved in, they began experiencing all of the cliche ghost hauntings things, door slamming, beds moving, and of course there was the mysterious oozing from the carpets that they could never fully clean. George later told news stations, there were sounds. The front door would slam shut in the middle of the night. I couldn't get warm in the house for days despite the heat being on. George also stated, I would wake up at 3.15 a.m. every night, which is supposedly the same time that the murders happen. George even said that on one night, his wife, physically transformed into an old woman and levitated. We also cannot forget that he claimed to have heard sounds of a phantom marching band and a demonic pig. There was also a night he heard his children's beds slamming up and down on the floor, but he said he couldn't do anything about it because an invisible force was paralyzing him. The couple lasted a total of 28 days before fleeing out of the home in the middle of the night. They left all of their possessions, clothes in the closet, food in the fridge. They only took what was on them and they were reportedly fleeing, fearing for their lives. As soon as the story began getting out, paranormal investigators wanted to get involved and visited the house in droves. Among them were possibly the most famous paranormal investigating couple ever. That would be Ed and Lorraine Warren. This really amped up the notoriety of the home. Out of all the investigators that visited this home, there had never had any solid proof of paranormal activity. The only thing that has been taken that can be considered proof, but it could also be considered hoax, is that of a picture at the top of the stairs of a little boy believed to have been that of the youngest DeFeo child, John, who was nine. And it really does look like him, but there's also been rumors that when whoever took that picture, there was like a young boy that was with him running around the house. So I don't know believe what she would like to believe. Even Lorraine Warren said she didn't see anything, but could feel a presence. 
She later said that what happened in that house was the personification of evil. How evil can personify itself, how it can be attracted in certain situations. Let's take a moment and recap. What is proven is that a horrible tragedy did take place in this home. A family did lose their lives in very odd ways. And then a new family moves in and claims to experience all these things. The thing is, though, that not a single report can be proven. And that, of course, led to a ton of criticism from the public. To make matters worse and less believable for the Lutz, not long after their experiences, they released a book and that book had a lot of inconsistencies, a lot. For example, the book includes a part where the Lutz family calls the police after someone or something rips their front door open and right off the hinges. So police have records of all calls made to them and the records show that there were never any calls from the Lutz house to the police during the entire 28 days they lived there. Okay, maybe they were just trying to enhance their story, but here is another example that is a pretty big red flag that something isn't adding up. The book has another part where the Lutz family found cloven hoof prints in the snow outside their house. That is scary, but there hadn't been any snowfall during the entire 28 days they lived there. It is pretty easy to see that these two things did nothing to help their credibility. Then the worst thing happened for them to be believed. That was when Butch DeFeo's lawyer came out and said that he had been working with the Lutz family and they had made up the entire thing to make money. His direct quote was, I know this book was a hoax. We created this horror story over many bottles of wine. We took real life incidents and transposed them. In other words, it was all a hoax. Through all this and to this very day, George and Kathy maintain they are telling the truth. They even took a polygraph test and the test showed that they weren't lying. But that being said, there are many reasons why those things are not allowed in court. Whether or not this family truly did experience these terrifying things or not, it is proven from that one book alone they have profited over $300,000. If this was real, then that family lived through things that most of us could never possibly imagine. And if it was all faked, I'm not even mad. I am simply impressed. Either way, they have solidified themselves in the horror genre for years to come. Numerous books and movies have come from this story. At least their real or faked experiences provided us with a great view of Ryan Reynolds' wonderful apps. So what do you think is the true story behind the Amityville horror? I think that the slings of the family is the most scariest part of all and the mystery around it. I also think that the Lutz family are more intelligent than we give them credit for and the controversy around this 
keeps the story alive and ever evolving. I can honestly say that I would not want to spend the night there, would you? Thank you for watching. Please do not forget to like, comment, and subscribe, and I will see you next time.